When you hear the word home, you probably think about your bed, your favorite chair, your family pictures. You think comfort. Yet for some, home strikes a chord of fear into them, just like it did for the woman in this week's story. Due to the subject matter in today's episode, parental guidance is suggested. All right, let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. (laughs) Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. Where do you seek comfort? We often look to our homes as our safe place, but for some, it's quite the opposite. The comfort of home becomes the chaos of home, and it's all about survival. Whether it be a tub of ice cream or a drug problem, we all can turn to bad habits to try and cope with pain and simulate comfort. Yet the Bible says in Psalm chapter 9, verse 9, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. But how do we turn from this physical coping to this spiritual refuge. That's what we'll be talking about in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. We've all dreaded coming home at least once. Maybe when you were young, you got a terrible report card. Or maybe you're heading home to a mailbox full of bills. But what if you dreaded coming home every day? A broken world has created broken homes full of divorce, abuse, and despair. In reality, we're all looking for the same thing in a home, a place of comfort, safety, refuge, like the woman in our story. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter our sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Carol Peterson. You'll be fine. Please, can I come with you? I'm just going to the grocery store and back. Why won't you take me? Because the car's a mess. The car is a mess. Liz will be in the front seat, and that's all I have room for. You're taking Liz? Calm down. Yes, you need to calm down. Please, I'll I'll help pick stuff out and... And carry bags. You'll be in good hands with your brother. You ready? Yep. Dane. Let's go to my room. I was born into a family that had already been formed and reformed by marriage and divorce. After separating from her first husband, my mom married my dad, the milkman. He already had older kids from another woman. I had many siblings, so my parents found their own way to keep us in line. Mom, that hurt. Are you okay? Well, then don't talk back to me. Can you pass the potatoes? Are you going to apologize? Are you? (laughs) Carol. Let her be. Where are you going? I'm never coming back here. Can I have your bike? The woman in our story was not given the protection she needed as a child. This is the story of her transformation. The true story of Carol Peterson, 
right now on Unshackled. We all ran away from home at least once. We ran from the abuse. We didn't know what home really was. When my parents divorced, we started moving and never stopped. And then there was my religious education. Judgment Day. That's when we will all account for the life we've lived, the good and the bad, before God. And uh, let me tell you, you do not want to be on the wrong side of God's judgment and anger. Yes, Carol. How do you, um, how do you make sure God's not angry with you? You have to be able to prove that you've lived righteously. That means obeying your parents. That means being kind to everyone, not just people you like. Being helpful and patient, sharing the toys. Make sense? I think so. It really didn't. And so I tried to earn God's favor. I pictured some huge heavenly scale that weighed my good deeds against my bad. All I could do was hope that I had done enough good. This offered little comfort against the darkness of my childhood. My brother's repeated molestation of me filled me with shame, and my understanding of God offered little comfort. I think they're home. Yeah, okay. Can I go now? Yeah, get out of here. And Carol? I won't say anything. When your innocence is stolen, you switch into survivor mode. You freeze, you stay silent, and even though I had no choice, I carried great shame. And I had no one to turn to for help. My mom was caught up in marriage after marriage, four total, leading to six interstate moves between third and 10th grade. Sometimes my dad didn't even know where we lived. I'm never going to pass this test tomorrow. You don't like science? No. You're the only one who likes playing with bugs, Carol. No, I'm not. There are other kids who like that stuff. There's a science club, did you know that? Ew. Will someone help me set the table? Mom, can I join the science club? No. Please, it's only once a week. I can walk home. You have to work after school. And I don't think we're going to be here that much longer anyway. What? Why? What? The guy I've been seeing has a family in Cleveland. We'll have more options there. But what about... There'll be bugs in Ohio. We might even have a yard. You never know. I couldn't make and maintain friends, and I wasn't allowed in any school activities. I babysat my big sister's son where I was, once again, taken advantage of and molested by the child's father. All I wanted was to get out of the house and figure out my own life. But after graduating high school at 17, I started working at a downtown law firm, only to discover that the world outside my home was just as unsafe. Okay, sir, I think that's all for today. I'll wrap up the Kramer case files tomorrow, but these should be good to go. Oh, very good, Carol. Thank you. Have a good evening. Oh, why are you in such a hurry? Oh, um... I think you've really got a head for this stuff. Really? Yeah, so you're, you're analytical, you have a, a great eye for detail. Thank you. Have a seat. Oh, I don't want to miss the bus. I'll take you home. When my boss sexually abused me, I kicked into survivor mode once again. 
I began to look for love in all the wrong places. I didn't even know what it was to feel safe in my body. I turned to drugs and alcohol to erase the pain and eventually found a husband who did the same. The next 15 years were a blur of chasing one high after another. I stopped trying to do more good deeds than bad. I lived to escape life. Till one morning, something changed. Coffee. Well, last night was a real trip. Yeah. Something must have been wrong with that Coke. Yeah. Where'd you sleep? Outside? Yeah. Huh. What's on, uh, what's on tap tonight? Our stash is low. We can call Benny. Or, uh, you think Mags has better stuff? Carol? You, uh, you in there? I don't think I want to do this anymore, Tom. What? I'm not going to do anything tonight. Not even... Nothing. I'm just going to try. I don't remember how it feels to be me. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to feel good, I'll tell you that. Where's this coming from? It was the Holy Spirit working in me, though I didn't know it yet. I started trying to curb my addiction. I eventually kicked Tom out of the house because he made it all the more difficult continuing on as he always had. Are you sure you don't have any more whiskey, huh? Did you check under the stairs? You need to leave. Carol! Now! You're just like me, you know that? You'll be back before you know it. Now, can't I just- I'm telling you to leave! You okay? Oh, yes. Uh, sorry. Uh, didn't mean to wake the neighbors. <laughs> we're, we're fine. All right. I I'm Angelica, by the way, if you need anything. Uh, all good. Sorry to bother you. No problem. Go. You'll regret this. Well, if you're there, God, I hope you're proud of yourself. How embarrassing is that? This has all gone really well, hasn't it? Thanks a lot for this terrible life. What a nice plan you had for me. Abused by many, married an alcoholic. Some god you are. Thanks for nothing. But God was the only one who did not force himself on me. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18 says, And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. Meanwhile, I searched for help. Our marriage had been destroyed by addiction. How could I climb out from under all this? I started attending a faith-based addiction recovery group to find support. I had a really low day on Wednesday, I guess it was. Just feeling like I was worthless. I had ruined my family. I can't contribute anything to the world. You know, all the negative tapes in my head. And I asked God to just be with me. How did that feel? Good. You know, it, it didn't fix all of those things. I didn't feel joyful or anything, but it was good. I felt like drawing into his presence, like I was not alone. And even if I was at the end of my power, I was, I don't know, uh, tapped into something bigger. 
Can anyone else relate to that? Um, the terrible lies in your head, definitely. <laughs> uh, the God thing, not so much. I mean, well, whatever works for you. All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Clyde. That wraps up our time today. We'll see you next week. Hey, Carol? Yeah? I just wanted to follow up. You seemed a little, I don't know, annoyed when Clyde mentioned God. Did I? And when Tara mentioned God, and also when Dave mentioned God. Yeah. I mean, I, I am. I'm very annoyed at God. He doesn't seem to care about me at all, but I'm glad he's helping other people. I can try to be happy for them. You know, step two of our program is... Put your faith in something larger than yourself. I know. Well, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I just wanted to mention that I sense some resistance. And that might be worth unpacking. I wonder what it would look like for you to be open to the possibility of looking to God. Like an experiment? Well, not quite. A, a... I can do that. I'll test it. I'll try God. We'll see if he shows up. Ugh. Okay, God. This would be a really good time to show up. Please, please help me get this car back on the road. Hey, it's Tom. I'm not here to take your call right now. Leave a message. It's me. I'm at 14 and Hersey Road and the car broke down. I don't know what the problem is, but there's no gas stations or anything out here and it's so cold. I don't know how I'm going to get back to town. Ugh. Give me a call, please. I thought that was you. Angelica? You just enjoying the weather? <laughs> My car stopped and now it won't start. I got a hitch on the back of my truck, I can tell ya. Seriously? We just need a dolly, but I think I know a car guy around here who can help. That would be amazing. Obviously, I'll cover the cost of renting whatever uh, we... Your, uh... your day's been bad enough already. I got this. Angelica, you don't have to do that. I know. It's not every day you run into your neighbor this far out of town. <laughs> Quite the coincidence, that's for sure. Any good scientist knows you have to run an experiment multiple times in order to trust the results. I thank God for the help that day. But it was gonna take more than a free toe to convince me. All right, we'll get back to Carol's story in just a moment, but first I wanna share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. 
www.shackledmedia.org and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story of Carol Peterson. After the car situation, I was still looking for proof that God saw me and cared about me. I was short on cash, but I did not go hungry. And when I lost my father, I was able to attend his funeral in Missouri. I had worried that I wouldn't be able to afford the trip, that I wouldn't be able to handle the emotions it might bring up. But God was faithful. I had a meaningful moment with my niece, Trish, at the casket. I'm so glad you could come, Aunt Carol. Me too. How are you handling this? I feel like, wow, death is so scary. I know. I guess I'm, I'm trying to figure out if God is real. <laughs> Whoa. I know. Let me know what you learn. I will. Through these small acts of provision, I started to open myself up to the possibility that I was loved by God and that a relationship with him mattered. After a 12-step meeting one night, I made a decision to turn my will and life over to the care of God. And I knelt at my dining room table. God, if you're out there, here I am. I'm yours, apparently my niece Trish later said to friends. If Aunt Carol can get saved, Anybody can get saved. I no longer imagined God as someone eager to punish me. I trusted in what Jesus had done on the cross to cover my sins. And I hoped that a resurrection story might be possible in my own life, where I had already known so much suffering. During this time, I was working at a local manufacturing company and I was grateful to have a co-worker, Mary, who was also a believer. We spent lunches together. Every lunch, I wish I'd packed two sandwiches, and then every morning I talk myself out of it. I don't know how you do it down at the end of the line. Looks exhausting. Just makes me hungry is all. All right, where were we? Uh, neither is there salvation. It's neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Where does it say that? Acts 4.12 in the New Testament. As opposed to? The Old Testament. Oh. <laughs> the Old Testament includes the sacred scripture of the Jewish faith, while Christianity draws upon both Old and New, interpreting the New Testament as the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old. I have a lot to learn. That's okay. Here, have a cookie. You sure? Quick, before I change my mind. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm praying right. No such thing as praying wrong. What do you talk to God about? Tom. Ah. I still love him, Mary. I thought you filed for divorce. I did, but I'm praying it won't go through. I love him too much to watch him drink himself to death, but nothing I say is getting through. So what are you praying for? Four things. That he would get caught drunk driving. Wow. That it would be expensive. 
That's your money, too. He needs to suffer consequences. Well, just saying, well, what else? That if he's involved in a crash, no one else would be harmed. And? Um... You said there were four things. That if he's involved in a crash, he would sustain a slight injury as a reminder to himself. Carol! Slight! I always pray that it would be slight. Well, God's not a genie. And scripture tells us not to test the Lord. Oh, oops. But there's infinite grace, Carol. The most important thing is opening your heart up to God. You're doing that. But he doesn't want to just change Tom. He wants to change you, too. And he did. I began attending church. I stopped swearing, drinking, and smoking. And I, I changed on the inside. I began to find a confidence and a hope I had never had before. For the first time, I knew what true refuge felt like, and I was never letting it go. Then one day, I got a phone call from Tom. Okay, don't freak out. I'm okay, but uh, I was in an accident. Oh, my. Oh, no, Tom, is everyone... Everyone's okay. Kind of a miracle, actually. The truck is totaled. Your new truck? Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. Insurance isn't going to cover it either. Because it was all my fault. What? I, um, I, I was coming home from the bar. I'd had a few... I, I shouldn't have. I always got home okay, you know? But but now it's like, um... Wow. Every time I drank, I was risking something like this. And, and, and what if... I mean, what if the woman I hit, what, what if she wasn't okay? I, I couldn't... I can't live like that. Yes. I mean, no. No, you can't. I got a DUI. I gotta stop this, Carol. Yeah, you do, Tom. I'll be with you the whole way. I miss you so much. Where are you? I'm at uh, Bridgeview Hospital. I thought you said you were okay. They're just checking me out. I I'm totally fine, except for a slight... A slight what? Uh, knocked a couple teeth out. You think you can still love me like that? You know what? I think I can. Two months later, as our divorce would have been made final... God healed our marriage. We started building something new. I wanted to continue my own healing journey, too. Thirteen years into my recovery program, it became clear that I hadn't yet dealt with the sexual abuse of my youth. I joined another group for adults that had been molested as children. I was nervous to go to these dark places in my past, but God met me there, too. As I began to reconcile the darkest parts of my story, information came to light that was deeply triggering. I learned that my abusive older brother, Dane, was preparing to adopt a young girl. I don't know what to do. What do you want to do? Well, I want to reach out to him, but I don't know how he'll respond. He's done nothing to indicate to me that he's at all repentant of his behavior. So I also feel like I need to reach out to the county office and inform them, see if I can prevent this adoption from happening. Sounds like you do know what to do. Can I? Yes. I'll help you. Really? I'll come over tonight. We'll get it all on paper. And I'll bring my Bible. That'll help. Thank you, Mary. 
The county office called me to thank me for my letter. They let me know the reason the girl was up for adoption was because of sexual abuse in her birth home. Because of my efforts, the adoption did not go through. And when I brought the truth of my past to light, it opened the door for several of my siblings, nieces, nephews, to come forward with their own survivor accounts, including my sister Liz. I never knew he did the same thing to her. This totally changed our family dynamic. When I lost my mom, I wondered how seeing everyone at the funeral would feel. Thanks for coming over, ladies. It's not a long walk for me. You still need to eat, even when you're grieving. I'm so sorry, Carol. Thank you. I wanted to see what you guys thought about the funeral. I don't know if Dane will be there, and if he is, I don't know how I'll face him. He might be furious with me still. I have no idea. I just... You just want to honor and remember your mom in peace. Exactly. I was so grateful they came with me. Dane was there, but my friends encircled me to protect me from any unwanted encounters. I felt different being near my family that day. I had learned forgiveness through Christ and so had been able to forgive my mom as she was dying in the nursing home. I knew who I was in Jesus, something I never understood or had the freedom to explore before. I learned I love riding motorcycles. I discovered my passion for insects again, and I even preserve them when I find them on the side of the road. I turn it into artwork, and in the summer, I raise and release monarch butterflies. Carol, your sister just called. Hang on, my hands are full. I, I told her you were busy with your butterflies. Well, what was she calling about? The uh, last treatment didn't change her numbers at all. The cancer seems to be spreading. Oh, no. I know. And before that, I, I was on the phone with Laura. Got an update on the custody battle. What custody battle? You don't want to know. I, I just get so angry. Our granddaughter in the middle of all this. Well, you're full of good news, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry. It's supposed to be release day. But now I'm not in the mood. Let him fly. It'll do us some good. You want to do it with me? Out the window here? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Look at all of them. I remember when they were all frozen in their little cocoons. One, two, three! three. <laughs> Get out wow. of here! Go! Live! A string of tiny wonders. What's that? Oh, that's what we hope for, Tom. Even in the midst of so much pain, we know that God can heal. That's who God is. Yeah. You'll see, someday. If there is a god, he sure is creative. Look at these little bugs. Right? I still pray for my husband's salvation, for my sister and my granddaughter. It seems my family will always know pain, but now I know the god of metamorphosis. Now I know transformation is possible, and on the other side of death, there is new life, new abundant life. Friend, 
Is your heart broken? Have you made bad decisions like Carol? God is near to you. Psalm chapter 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. He sees your brokenness and wants you to draw close to Him. But that comes with a contrite spirit. When you repent of the things you use to numb the pain, you open yourself up to find a refuge, a home with God. And when you draw near to Him and godly community, transformation is soon to follow, just like Carol's butterflies. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We would love to hear from you, but in the meantime, here is a fact about Unshackled. Did you know we do many of our sound effects live for live recordings? For example, gunshots, with blanks of course, broken dishes, fighting noises, and, well, more can all be done live. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform. We have Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest, a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture on this uh, particular plaque is Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. Folks, this is a gorgeous plaque, especially if you're looking for uh, daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and um, very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or a log uh, and cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. I didn't actually witness that happening, but I can assure you it did. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and the beauty of the wood that God created. So all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast Sweepstakes Drawing, <gasps> that's a mouthful, is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Your name, phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes uh, drawing for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on July 26th. But the deadline for entry is July 21st. The deadline for entry, July 21st. And next time... I'm so glad, Dave, that we were able to have this last mission together. Yes, sir, me too. You'll still miss all this, huh? Probably, sir. Fighter pilots get a lot of glory. Uh, a big adjustment going back to civilian life, Dave. Yeah, so I hear. Not really looking forward to it. Why is that? I'm well, not sure I know how to do anything else.
People say that once you've been a military pilot, it's hard to live with your feet on the ground. I discovered just how true that is when my flying days ended and I lost one job after another. How could the once great Major Dave Foster end up begging for pennies and living on the streets? So Dave, uh, you ever work in a potting shed before? I don't think so. What is it? Honestly, I, I don't know either. It's fine by me. Off the streets and a day's pay, that's all I care about. How can a man who has lost everything find a way out of his bitterness by getting his hands dirty working in a greenhouse? Watch the surprises unfold. The classic true story we're calling The Potting Shed, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Carol Peterson were Marcy Mencotti, Michael Walner, Amanda Markeski, Elizabeth Argus, Ryan Kitley, and Mike Rogalski. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Michael Walner. Recording engineer David Pierczynski. Script Samantha Beach. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.